Welcome to Nerd Cannon. I'm Beth. I am Paul. This is a podcast where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. We have some fresh, new, exciting little tidbits in today's episode. Before I tell you what today's topic is, Mr. Paul has a bad synopsis for us. I do. Are you ready? I am ready. Today we're talking about a movie where an elderly scientist employs radical therapy to treat child delinquents' Oedipal complex. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Survey says, back to the future. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I'm glad that we got the edible complex in right within the first couple of seconds. That's yep, important. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so back to the future was released on July 3rd, 1985. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Zemeckis and Bob Gale, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and Crispin Glover. The tomato meter was a whopping 96%. And the audience score was 94%. It grossed over uh, $381 worldwide, and it was the highest grossing film of 85. How much millions? A lot of millions. 381. Wow. That's a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Paul, what was your experience with this as a kid? This is definitely one of the nerd high holy trilogies (laughs) of, of my youth. And... My experience was that I loved this movie. This, I should, are we talking about the whole series? Can we just talk about all three? You can talk about as much as you want to talk about. Okay. The, the whole series. Anyway, I, I definitely saw this more than once. Mm-hmm. Definitely not in the theater, which is, seems to be sure. a running thing with like... Like any of these 80s ones. Any of these 80s we ones. We were too, was too little like yeah. to, to see this in the theater, but it sort of became... Like a staple, a standby, I don't know. Sure. But then, weirdly enough, for whatever reason, I've always been a fan of Back to the Future. I always enjoyed it. But it's definitely sort of fell off of my radar for a long time where I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Same. it. I didn't think about it. You know, it was like, yeah, it's sort of a thing. Somebody would mention me like, oh, I love that. But then this, when I compare this with something like Ghostbusters... I watched Ghostbusters over and over and over and over again, and it stayed yeah. in like a rotation in my life. And Back to the Future was just kind of, I loved it, and I had a deep and abiding nostalgia for it, but I didn't ever go back to it, which is sort of ironic considering Ha-ha. the subject material. You didn't but... go back to the future. So, yeah, I don't know. What was your experience? Well, that's it's funny you say that because I think that's similar for me, too, and I didn't think about it until you said it, but I always liked it. Um, it was on, you know, I had seen it probably more than once when it was newer, mm-hmm. and I always had a fondness for it, and if somebody, like, made a joke, I, you know, recognized it, and um, I feel like the Marty McFly outfit is a pretty popular, like, Halloween costume, yeah, and I've seen easy, it all though. over. It's, it's easy. easy, right? But, yeah, like you... I never, I haven't watched it in probably 20 years. I mean, a long time. And I, it's funny because I'm a huge rewatcher of things, especially 80s movies. And and so, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that until you said it. But that was my, um, that was my experience too. So, Paul, this is the part of the show where I would normally ask you if you would like to hear a fun fact. But before I do that, uh, listeners, we have a new little game for you, our new little game for Paul that you get to listen to, which is I'm going to do two trivias and a lie. And Paul's going to guess which one is not a true fact. And then I'll tell you the rest of the fun facts. The other name for this game is Embarrass Paul's Lack of Movie Knowledge. Well, or (laughs) Embarrass Beth with how bad her fake facts Uh, are it could be that too i don't know so i actually have an incredible amount of fun facts for this and i had to highly edit them because there was a ton of fun stuff i thought uh so okay so two trivias and a lie which one of the following is a fake piece of trivia piece the first biff was based on donald trump two a proposed alternate title was spaceman from pluto or three michael j fox learned to skateboard for this role wait wait what okay (laughs) i thought i knew you you, you, okay Okay. So well, read number two again for me. A proposed alternate title was Spaceman from Pluto. So Biff is Trump, Spaceman from Pluto, or Michael J. Fox learned to skateboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which of these is a lie? I feel like, okay, so I'm going to eliminate three because I feel like that seems the, then, then you're like, in my head, should I go? That one seems the most true, but then should it be the, is that the fake one? I think Ladies I'm going to say. Listen to Paul overthink <laughs> this game he invented. 
I didn't invent this game. Okay, we should say, we should say, I didn't invent this game. I, I do want to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. D- we directly lifted this game. We? From... You can give a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> I never heard of this. <laughs> I delivered it from a different podcast. I'm all, we're, yeah, we've sure. referenced many other podcasts on this Whom? show. Or we've just referenced your Buffy podcast like eight times. <laughs> and Goosebuds. Yeah, right. And it's called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. It's a skeptics, scientists, science-based show. And they do a thing called Science or Fiction at the end of each show. Where they have three news items and they try and suss out which one is a fiction. So we're stealing that. We're Thank stealing you. that idea, but we do already do our fun facts. And so we thought it would be a fun tie-in. Yeah. So, okay. So which what are we guessing? I don't know. I was just mostly stalling for time yeah, right Yeah, I saw that. But the cat didn't <laughs> tell you an answer. So... <laughs> I, so, Biff based on Trump. This came out in 85. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about what Trump was doing in 1985 to know if that makes sense or not. Like, there's the... I wonder when number two came out. Because there's the whole, like, casino thing. Or the tower, right? I don't remember the sequels nearly as well. Um, man. Paul, pick your choice! He's got some crazy hair. Like when he's old Biff, his hair really kind of does look like Trump's hair. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Or the Pluto thing. Why would he be from Pluto? What does Pluto have to do with anything? man from Pluto. Paul, goddamn guess. (laughs) I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say that three is true. I'm going to say two is so wacky that it has to be true. That you did, that's too wacky for Beth to make Too good for me to have made up. I'm saying Biff being Trump is too topical for right now, so that has to be the fiction. No, oh, I picked it because I knew that's what you would think. You what? are incorrect. Oh, my God. Seriously? Um, so, yes. So the little story is that behind these facts, they, they partially based the character Biff on a um, screenwriter they worked with that was a dick, but in later interviews, Gail said frequently that it was based on Donald Trump. Wow. So Gail, the writer. So um, so that is that's a real fact. And the second fact is also true. <laughs> so the second fact was Universal Head of Studios was consisting that nobody would see a movie with future in the title. And he wanted them to what? play up a joke where they kept calling him the fucking spaceman from Pluto. And he wanted him to change the line that he says he's Darth Vader to yeah. I'm the spaceman from Pluto, and then that's what they, he wanted to call it. Oh, my so, God. But the reason I included this is because I think this is some really funny and really artful maneuvering by Spielberg because he got this letter and he wrote him back and said, thank you so much for sending us that jokey memo. Everybody got a real kick out of it. <laughs> and then he was too embarrassed to be like, I meant that. I thought yeah. that was a really good idea. Oh, so I geez. just thought that was really great. Um, and so the fact that wasn't true is that um, Michael J. Fox learned to skateboard. He was already a really passable skateboarder um, and had done it frequently but they did use a stunt double in the like very involved scene of his getaway on the skateboard but yeah um but it but most of it is him and he could actually skateboard so huh. well, good for michael so Park. yeah good from and i i purposely picked i'm like if i put this donald trump one he's gonna think it's too topical and he's yes. not gonna pick it wow so i fooled you i fooled you yeah um would you I, like to hear that's... some more fun facts Donald Trump had, was that notorious in 85? He, yeah, I feel like wow. lifestyles of the rich. I don't fucking know. I prefer huh. not to think about him. So, fun facts. Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale wrote the script after Gale pondered the idea of whether he would have befriended his father if they had attended school together. <laughs> um, so I thought that was kind of a fun, that idea leading to this time traveling DeLorean. I just mm-hmm. find that an interesting train of thought. So they always wanted Michael J. Fox to be... Marty, but he was having some scheduling troubles because he was doing family ties at the time. And so mm-hmm. they actually they um, auditioned with Johnny Depp and John Cusack and unnotable, I guess, auditions. And then Eric Stoltz was given the role and they actually started to do some screen testing, but they hated it. Um, <laughs> they hated what he was doing. He was really dramatic and aggressive, I guess. And so they shit canned him and then they worked around Michael J. Fox's schedule. Wow. So, that yeah. That was a very different movie. Uh, right, 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 right. Um, he wasn't playing it like a comedy, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, other fun potential casting is that Jeff Goldblum originally auditioned for the role of Doc Brown and lost it to Christopher Lloyd, but he was, Lloyd was cast after the first choice John Lithgow became unavailable. Hmm. 
And I have a hard time imagining. I know John Lithgow's done some silly stuff, but I have a hard time imagining that because of the serious things that he's done. I don't know. Well, John I'm Lithgow sure he did. Done it. He did Third Rock from the Sun. I think right. that John Lithgow's John Lithgow's whole shtick is that he is the straight man. He is the perfectly flat. Like he doesn't crack up. Like he, right. everything's delivered straight. So, so I think it just would have been a different vibe, not yeah. necessarily bad. But yeah. I think Christopher, it's hard to Christopher picture Christopher Lloyd does a, sort of a similar thing, but. Yeah, it's hard to imagine anyone else, but. Yeah. Um, and the, the hair. Early, yeah, right. In the early script, the time machine was a refrigerator. Oh, he, wow, they, that's awful. Yeah, they were concerned. How much better children, is a DeLorean? <laughs> oh, the yeah. children would kill, get killed. Children by, would accidentally lock themselves in fridges, yeah. and they felt it would be more useful if it were mobile. So then they chose the DeLorean because the design made the gag about the family of farmers thinking it was um, an alien more believable. So hmm. I thought that was interesting. Doc Brown's hunch posture came about because he is six feet one, and do you know how tall do you know Michael, how tall J. Fox? Michael J. Fox is? I'm going to guess 5'5". Five, five. That is what they say, but I also read five, four and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's a wee one, um, but yeah. he's still taller than me. So there's that. <laughs> when Lorraine follows Marty back to Doc's house, she and Doc exchange an awkward greeting. And this marks the only on-screen dialogue that Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson ever have, even though they have appeared together in six movies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The University of Southern California's film school writing classes use the screenplay for Back to the Future as the model of a perfect screenplay. No shit. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty precious. Oh, wow. This I thought was a really cool little thing that I did not notice, and now I will look for in the future, is the mall where Marty In the future. Uh, the mall where Marty meets Doc Brown for their time travel experiment is called, do you remember? Two Pines. Twin Pines. Twin Pines. Um, Then it's one after he runs it over. I knew that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you knew that one. I didn't. I um. I didn't notice that. So he. Um, That's the whole gig. He talks about how that, that guy was like breeding pine trees. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he and then he runs it over, and then it's just lone pine. And I thought that was cute. So I didn't. Yeah. I somehow missed that. And then, <laughs> last but not least, Billy Zane <laughs> makes his first on-screen appearance in this film as Match, one of those cronies, and he does not have a line until the third movie. That <laughs> motherfucker stuck around, just eyebrowing it up silently yeah. <laughs> until the third movie, and I think that that is very delicious. I also think that there is a fun fact of a tiny Elijah Wood is in this movie. No, isn't he in the third one? Oh, uh, well, I think of it. I guess I think of all one. You're movie. like, He's I think all si- of them are one movie. Yes, that's pretty much one. He's isn't maybe he in, in the, the si- Wild in the, West one. Uh, he's in the second one. I think he's in the future '80s cafe. I'm pretty sure he's one of the little kids like playing the arcade game or something like that. Yeah, he's definitely in one of them. I thought, like I said, I haven't rewatched the other ones. Okay. You failed. You know what? We can only do so much. I stumped you. I stumped you at true trivia and a lie, so I'm it's feeling true. real full of myself. Okay. Um, what did you think of your rewatch? So here's what happened on my rewatch. And I want to just set the record straight. I took some shit because of my Family Matters rewatch fail. <laughs> I and like I- how no one gave you shit that when we did Save by the Bell, you only watched Zach Morris's trash. <laughs> Everyone thought that that was fine, that was and fine. then you you took shit about Family Matters, and I find that ludicrous. So here's here's how my rewatch went for Back to the Future. Uh, my first notes are Michael J. Fox is in the lab, basically. I don't know what to call it, like the, the Doc's lab. He comes yeah. in, and it's like the starting thing. And you're not see you don't see him. You just it's like panning you see over a lot of feet and stuff. Yeah. And I and I said I never paid this much attention to all the stuff that's scattered around like i was really into my rewatch i was like looking at all the stuff that was just just because i was like i bet there's easter eggs in this movie that i've never noticed before sure Sure. so that's my first note my second note was oh yeah there's the calculator watch that he's wearing Mm -hmm. that you see and it was at that point that i stopped taking notes (laughs) and watched all three movies before coming back and watching the first movie and part of the movie, second movie again to yeah, take Paul notes Yeah, Paul texted me and he was like, yo, I can't take notes. I'm just watching it. <laughs> so that was, I, I watched all three and then one and half of two again for this rewatch. So I'm feeling a little vindicated about my rewatch skills. <laughs> <laughs> I spent that much time on it. Well done, friend. <laughs> you know what a theme that goes through my notes is that I also never thought about before? Was how much of a screw up Marty is. Like he's he's a pretty he's like a screw up. He's not a smart kid. 
he does a lot of dumb stuff during these movies he he's just he's uh i don't want to say stoner he's like a um he's He's kind of a, a flame out rock obsessed high school kid I mean, he's overconfident for sure. <laughs> right, and and the whole chicken thing—I don't get the chicken thing. Like the that, he, that which okay, maybe that doesn't start until the second movie, where he part of the plot of the whole second and third movies is that if you call Marty McFly chicken, he like loses all rational thought. He won't back oh, down yeah. from a fight at that point, and part of his like le- learning arc through the second and third movies is like realizing hey maybe i shouldn't just react in a super aggressive way when somebody calls me chicken like that's a whole thing he's he's a he's a kind of a screw-up um and he's as a hero i kind of thought of him in the first movie as a little bit of a mary sue like oh yeah just because everyone you know he just couldn't seem to do any wrong like not that he didn't screw up but that like they just liked him and it was he had this magnetism and everyone was you know he does he he does i'm not talking about in terms of personality but like in life he's very much a screw up and okay so look at the look at what happens when so he goes back i'm skipping ahead to the end of the movie now he goes back and when he comes back to his time his whole family is improved right mm-hmm. his dad is like a famous writer now right, or something right. and there his he and his mom have a great relationship his brother went from like what looked like sort of a maybe a fast food uniform mm-hmm. that he was going to work mm-hmm. at the beginning and into like a suit that he's wearing their house is vastly improved yeah his sister is dressed nicer he has a car but other than that other than him having a car that probably his parents had purchased he's no different and they don't react he's to him in any same, like they're just like oh yeah it's just goober. marty he is the same goober at the end of the movie despite right, all like the he changes. probably still didn't get into the battle of the bands and, right like he's right. still that's so, an interesting point I, the, the reason i wrote the first thing is because the first thing he does in this movie is he goes into doc's lab and blows out like right. he's like oh it's before school i think i'll go blow out the well, speaker so this and, is what so like okay so I'm watching this and it's been a long ass time and there were some moments when I really remembered like oh I remember that this is a thing that happened but for the most part I'm watching it like and it felt like I was watching it for the first time as the, as it hmm. began so number one holy shit the graphics of the font <laughs> the dog opener situation reminded me of Pee Wee's Playhouse which was also like around oh, this time yeah, yeah, yeah. then then like here's the thing all of that with the with the speaker. Because the whole time I'm going, why is he friends with this old man? Are we just, yeah. we're not going to address, like, we're not going to address why he's friends with a mad scientist old man. He's not like his neighbor that he mows the lawn for. He's mm-hmm. not his his wacky uncle. He doesn't owe him because he got caught stealing something from, like, they're just friends with no explanation. That's mm-hmm. fucking weird. So mm-hmm. then they were like, we don't know why that is. So plot wise, we're going to add a giant speaker and that's going to be the reason they're friends and i was like why the fuck is doc friends with it like it in what <laughs> way so anyway i found that puzzling i felt like the whole beginning had not a like it was like the middle of a story already because then the, he's talking to this girl and sh- he immediately like checks out these other girls and i'm like is yeah, this his no. girlfriend or what yeah and then she's then she loves him so she's his girlfriend and i'm like what the fuck is happening I wrote actually that I think she must just have a thing for musicians because I can see no she, <laughs> when when Marty gets up on stage with his band to audition the look on her face like she's clearly it doesn't like he's just a, a cool musician like that's right. why she likes him because I can't see any other reason why she looks at him that way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we all have our things, right? And I'm pretty sure that's Huey Lewis who who rejects them. Oh, is it? Oh my I'm gosh, how did sure. I miss that? I mean, he does two songs for the movie, so yeah, yeah. Which I, that's I like Huey Lewis, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I I am bad at fun facts like that, but I'm pretty sure that yeah. Okay, Biff. So then, like, you know, wait, we got to back up because I want to say this. So the school administrator guy, who I can't remember his name. Oh, the principal. Yeah, he's a dick. He is really a creep at the beginning. He gets sort of redeemed a little bit, like in a weird way, by the end of the third movie because. They're all the same people as they go back in time Ooh. and stuff, but he's in it and he's sort of like, whatever. But I I wrote, was this really a thing? It was his attitude towards Marty and the way he gets in his face. He's got his hands on him and he's right. like pushing him. At least, I don't know if it was that scene, but at least he's very, 
such an aggressive i wrote aggressive was exactly what i wrote and i wanted to like i wanted to know is this really a thing i don't remember ever in my experience in school that a school administrator would have ever done that and anything like to call a kid a loser i think this happened all the time Paul. you think it happens you think it still happens no i think it happened in the in the in the 80s yeah one of the stories that I will never forget, there was a teacher that I had in my senior year of school who had been there for a thousand years, and my sister had gone to school eight years prior to me. Slacker. That's what he calls him. He calls him a slacker. Yeah. Right? Uh, my sister had had this, this same teacher, and this teacher had already been there for 9,000 years, and mm-hmm. one of her friends irritated this teacher so much that he picked up a desk and threw it at this child. Wow, um, man. And he still worked okay. there when I worked there. Now, he wasn't an administrator, but that was a real thing that happened. Um, yeah. That's not the only story like that that I've heard. One, I mean, there are isolated stories, but I also feel like th- there we could have a whole conversation. I worked with a library aide at one point who told me that when she first started in her career, she paddled children with paddles. No, that's so a lie. So that's a thing. So I don't find it hard to believe. And I, I also find that like weird, I hated your dad, so I hate you thing. I, I find yeah. that somewhat believable. That I can see more. I There's weird generational stuff, even to the point where if you have an older brother or an older sister who went yeah. through the school system, like it can be painful to have that teacher who's going to be like one way or the other, either yeah. hate you because they hated your your sister or brother, or they love you immediately and expect something of you because you're, right. they liked your sister or brother. And that's messed up too. Well, I guess... My question is, I wonder what would happen. I would like to see somebody do a, a study. All right. Here's the, here's my study proposal. Okay. I want somebody to take an aggregate look at the history of education as portrayed by film and compare it to the reality of education happening at that time. Where are we getting the reality from, though? Anecdotes? No, no. Like, there's not I mean, going to be records. Of... I don't know. I, I just, I think it'd be very, like, there's so much of this... Oh, the dean or, you know, like the the bad administrator who's down on us and really right. aggressive and every, and there's so much of that in film. I don't think there was as much. I'm sure there was isolated anecdotes of administrators like this guy. Right. Right. But I don't think that's the trend or that was the. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at this through rose colored glasses, too. But I don't Maybe. I don't feel like that was the majority and it feels like that's the majority i see in in movies i also wanted to bring up so the next note couple next notes i remember i remember the hitchhiking on a skateboard i hadn't thought about it in a million years but when he saw it i remembered it it's called sketching i think sketching okay do you know that from all of your skateboard days all of my skateboard days yeah Great. But then my next note is like, you know, he goes home and Biff is picking on his dad. No, sketch- um, they, what is it they- called? This can't be sketching. What is it called? Sketching? Sketching? That sounds like a itchy something. Yeah, sketching is skate hitching. Well, that makes sense. Sketch. Clearly it's not sketching. That's drawing. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, Biff, I mean, and so what I wanted to say, and I thought this throughout the whole movie, is that I feel like in high school movies, the bully is always like extremely over the top. Oh, bo- and gets yeah. away with shit that like yes. I don't feel. Also, does the sister look really weird? Yeah, is I agree with you. The sister's weird looking. weird looking. Yes, yes. Okay, I just thought that I was. Know what's she going doesn't on have there. a big part or anything, but like, mm-hmm. what a bummer that dinner scene is, man, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a something. Yeah. So then I like that the license plate says "out of time." So can I back up for a second? Maybe I we're suppose. gonna be doing this a bunch. I have a lot of notes for this movie. Maybe we need to go through my notes a little bit faster, but <laughs> so I'm at like the save the clock tower lady, which becomes like a, yeah. a running theme through the whole right. movies is the right. clock tower. And so she walks up and here's the thing that's unrelated to Back to Future, but it's related to movie watching, which is when I see old-ish people, I don't think she was that old, but like she's meant to look old in this movie. Right. When you watch older movies and there's old people in them, does it make you wonder if they're still alive or if you're watching... <laughs> No, like I, I always wonder, like, am I watching, am I watching this ghostly facsimile of some per- person's like last and lasting impact ghostly on the world? Ghostly facsimile. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, they're like, are they not? If they're alive, that's one. If they're dead, like, then I'm sort of watching this ghost, and it might be, 
Like it could be the last, if I watch a particular movie, that can be like the last time that person is noticed in the world. Now you don't think about that? (laughs) Well, fucking maybe now I am. Wow. Like maybe not back, clearly more people are going to watch Back to the Future for quite a long time. But if you're watching like some weird old obscure movie. I mean, I'd do that. I don't know. But anyway, I did look it up. I had to look it up then after having this thought about the clock tower lady. Her name is Elsa Raven, by the way. Oh, that's a rad name. She's still alive, I think. And she also has credits for Titanic, the A-Team, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Amazing! (laughs) So there you go. Titanic. That's amazing. Yeah. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) And my note is, the sister looks weird. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Okay. I thought they did a pretty good job with the aging makeup for the whole series. Yeah, I thought that um, they didn't know what to do with Leah, the shape of this, Leah Thompson's face. Yes, space. the only thing I was Leah Thompson was not as good as the rest. But well, and at first she's supposed to be overweight, but then later when she's thin, they still didn't know. They wanted to kind of give her jowls, and they like didn't know how to do that. Honestly, if they were as healthy and happy as they were being portrayed, like she wouldn't have been have aged that much like she would have like crow's feet but not you know what i mean anyway i wish you had watched the second one because in the when she's in the casino and she's like biff's girl they give her like this huge prosthetic boob job paul is mining breasts (laughs) like a lot (laughs) boobages is that what you mean yeah and i you should watch or just look up that part to see because it's it's pretty pretty amazing they do they start to do the time travel christopher lloyd has amazing crazy eyes speaking of the aging I don't feel like Christopher Lloyd is any older or younger in the past. I agree with you. And I think they played off that. So in the start of the second movie, he they they go back to the future and he Christopher Lloyd goes, like I forget what his line is, something about like he didn't want to shock Marty, but he had like work done. They took thirty years off his life and he peels off a mask. And it's like he peels off the mask and he looks the same. I think it's supposed to be the joke, like he doesn't actually look all that different than but yeah. Oh, that's funny. You built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Like I just I remember that line and the delivery is amazing. Talk about the DeLorean. The DeLorean is awesome. I think absolutely more cars should have gullwing doors. I would buy a fucking car if it had gullwing doors. Yes. And my my sweetie very much loves the DeLorean. He has a very yeah, sexy DeLorean watch. He's uh, right. DMC you watch. could buy yeah. so I I looked this up. You could buy him a DeLorean today. We have had this conversation. The, <laughs> this the conversation has The best happened. one I found was about $50,000. The DMC company that made the DeLorean also makes very fancy watches and he has one of those. Yeah. They yeah. well, here's maybe a gift idea. They make very cool uh, like yeah. clothing as well. They have a whole clothing line you go to there and there's like hoodies. There's a really cool hoodie that okay, I Okay, now like, you're going to ruin this his hoodie. Christmas present. Hush your mouth. What? Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I so it's definitely cool. Like it's really super cool looking. Um they did start to sell a pack that you could buy to make your DeLorean look like the time yeah. machine after yeah. this movie came out. November 5th, flux capacitor, Libyans. Why does he have a fucking bazooka? I don't like what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I this is another series that I didn't I did not remember all the swearing that was in it like watching it as a kid and it makes it really makes me think that there was a bunch of sanitized versions of stuff that i was watching yeah there's a decent there's not a huge amount in this movie but there's a decent no, amount of swearing I mean, he says here. bastard there's a couple like shits and dams and stuff yeah. yeah for sure this iconic outfit we already you already said like it's such a yeah and i just everyone calling it a life preserver is really funny to me like kid thinks he's gonna drown <laughs> right like, <laughs> right I remembered very much that scene where he's walking across the, like, the town square and kind of looking around in awe and everything is so pretty. Like, I really do feel like the set of the movie is is a character, um, you know, and then he builds the whole miniature later on and then, you know, about the clock tower and the street and the blah, blah, blah. Like, I, even though there were most of the plot that I did not necessarily remember and I hadn't remembered a lot of it like when I watched him walk through that I was like oh I feel like I've walked through this park like I Mm -hmm. feel like I've been here so I was surprised that you said that so for two reasons that you said this what did you say about some school using this script as like a perfect script or something like that oh yeah and so for two reasons number one I feel like their techno babble in these movies is pretty awful. They really phoned in that, like the flux capacitor. At one point, it's like the flux capacitor is fluxing, and yeah. 
He says, yeah, but gig- he's kidding. He says gigawatts. There is so much discussion about that on the internet. And let me just tell you that that was one of the reasons that they liked him and his things because that was the way, quote, a physicist would say it. Gigawatts? Mm-hmm. And at the time, both pronunciations were commonly accepted, although now it's typically gigawatt, but it reminds me of the GIF GIF. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. That's exactly what I thought yeah. too, right? The gigawatt thing, okay, I can I can get behind yeah. that if that was commonly whatever. I don't care, but the techno like, babble is not good. They loved it. That's how he said it. That they could have like the techno babble on Star Trek is or something like that. It still doesn't mean anything, but they right. actually tried to make it sound. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm again, but like I just think it's bad in these movies. And then there are so many plot holes in Back to the well, Future. The science is not the point, though. So right. Like, remember, okay. So, remember yeah. that the point of the movie was him thinking, "Would I have been friends with my dad in high school?" And then one of the other guys was like, "You know what I think is really funny is the idea of a mom acting like she never kissed a boy, and then you find out she's the slut." Like <laughs> that. Those were like the ideas. So right. It's really a story about these people and the family. It's really not a story. The, the time travel is the device is to have that happen. Yeah. And it had to be set in the 50s because that's what age your parents went to high school if you were in high school in the 80s. Like, you're right. But I think that's not what they were going for. They weren't no. making this as a science fiction movie. Like, and I agree. That's just what I was going to say. I yeah. feel like this is less. It's it, it's in, like I said at the beginning, it's in the nerd High Holy Trilogy canon but it's almost like not a science fiction movie. It's time travel right. is just sort of incidental to the plot. I, I think that's accurate. And I think maybe what I was going to say is like, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why it had such mass appeal at the time is because even though it had that as part of the mm-hmm. plot, it wasn't too science fiction-y that it turned off the muggles. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah I mean? you're right. Like, you're right. Absolutely. Um, you missed a, co- a good line. I actually wrote this line. This is how I knew your Twin Pines thing. Because I love the line, you space bastard, you killed my pine. (laughs) (laughs) You space bastard! Oh, I'm going to call everybody that now. I love that. I just, I don't know. I like had to say yikes quite a bit when he was like, we're never going to have a colored mayor. And I was like, I wrote that down too. I said, Um, at least there's a little bit of a nod toward the casual racism of the golden days. Like, Right, right. And I wonder how accurate the old stuff is because it's all very attractive and very yeah. pretty but i wonder how accurate like those vehicles are and all right that. this is the um, halcyon right image of the 50s i wonder too like this is the thing about michael j fox right like he's a teeny tiny dude and he's like a little <laughs> ginger and somehow he was like this huge movie star because there's something about him that's just super fucking charming uh-huh. and i just love his line delivery and half of them are lines that he says to himself like kind of in, like in incredulity and i think they're so funny so he's a peeping tom like he's looking yep. at his dad looking through the thing and he's yep. just like what the fuck and it just, I don't know, man, it cracks me up. And then his whole reaction when he wakes up and his mom is putting the moves on him and he's, like, going to barf a little. It just, it's very good to me. I don't know. You're they redo, Kelvin, isn't it? They redo this head injury wake up to mom scene, like, over and over through the oh, second. <laughs> so it happens again and again. I think it happens at least once per movie, I'm pretty sure. And she doesn't know it's him. And she doesn't, right. She doesn't know. Well, no, she knows. Uh, in the Western one, it's she's playing like a totally different person, and she doesn't know who he is. He, she sort of knows who he is, but thinks he's somebody else in the in the second movie. But yeah, he keeps waking up to her and being like creeped out because in the second movie he wakes up to her when she's got her like full cleavage on show. Oh no 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 no! Um, and of course, there's the whole. You want to talk about those purple tidy whities for a second, or no? That's fine. Okay, I like you're good. You're good. You what? I, I like purple underwear. I mean, purple's my favorite color. I mean, That's <laughs> <I like laughs> great. Why This fucking kid with the hat, I meant to go look this up again. I feel like that kid's in like 20 movies in the 80s. <laughs> the kid at the dinner table. This is a failing in my fun fact scenario, but. Okay, here's, well, here's another thing why I think the script is maybe overrated. Did I just say that? I think no. that, like, the plot development, they get to a point where Doc is just sort of explaining the plot, and then he looks into the camera and he says, does. Back to the he Future. I mean, there is a uh, sort of a, a case to be made for it being intentionally campy and having that appeal. Right. I mean, right? that's definitely, yeah. Well, and Lorraine, you ever have a kid like who acts that way? I'll disown you. And right. Like, yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. 
I um, was Ronald Reagan, the actor. I wrote the like the cuts at the president being an actor, and I saw yeah. I, like Ronald so. Reagan loved that so much that he had them rewind it in the theater so we could watch that part. Oh, again. holy shit! Of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. Uh, yeah, I, in terms of your plot holes, I was like his fucking butterfly effect all over. Like he is yeah. fucking with shit so much. Let me jump to the second movie because at the end of the first movie, Doc comes back, right? Sure. The beginning of the second movie is the same footage, okay? Okay. This is maybe the the most blockbuster movie series that reused footage, a clip show. You're like, do you remember what happened right? before, in last week's episode? <laughs> and the whole point Doc is coming back is because there's a problem with Marty's son. Yeah. And they go to the future. It's Back to the Future Day, another a high holy nerd holiday, Back to the Future Day. And they go to the future so that Marty, whose son looks exactly like him. Great. Right? Can basically fix his son's future. So the whole point, and, and Doc even says, like, I jumped ahead in the future so I could see how things turned out. And then I came back to get you so we could change things. Is the whole point of the start of the second movie is doc messing around to change time to improve the future improve in oh. air quotes okay and he spends like the whole rest of every one of these movies yelling at marty about <laughs> how terrible it is to change the future and you can't change things and <laughs> it just right. it's really weird yeah well, and obviously he retaped that letter. Like, he doesn't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. And then here's the best note I ever wrote, ready? Even as I wrote it, I was like, what the fuck? I wrote, bullies, always such assholes. <laughs> what Biff, the fuck? Biff gets steadily worse in this series. Well, to the point where he's, like, pretty, I mean, jumping ahead, like, he's definitely going to rape her. In oh, yeah. Vehicle. Oh, he and, is, like, a, yeah. I mean, and it's it's fine somehow. I wrote, so Biff, Biff is an actual rapist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remembered the music when he was skateboarding and get doing the like whole like on the getaway thing when he takes the kids thing and breaks it into a skateboard. Like, um, my favorite one of my favorite lines is "Jesus, George, it's a wonder I was even born." (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so pretty good. Related to that, one of my favorite lines is "My density has popped me to you." Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) My density has popped me to you. Romance. (laughs) The most romantic words in the English language. You are my skateboard chase scene. <laughs> yeah, um, I like how real casual he bribes that cop in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You skipped a bunch of stuff. I want to just address Crispin Glover for a minute because yes, I really love him in them. I love him in this. He's such a weird. He's like, such a weirdo all the time. I love it. He is so weird. He's great in this. He just has such a, a strange delivery, and he's like his yeah. arm movements. And I read stuff. that they they were a little nervous about him and they kept feeling like they needed to rein him in a little bit. Like, <laughs> But it works. He's so good. I love his awkward, weird yep, vibe. Yep, yep, yep. Let me ask you this. Do you think his haircut in this movie, is that a legitimate 50s haircut? He's got like this super long shaggy stuff on top and then he, he like has like an undercut. Like, well, almost. I actually do feel like it was a little too long and disheveled, but that was because he was dorky. Like, that very serious side part and the comb back, I think, was the With style. the really shaved, like, lo- like bottom along uh, back and so. sides? I like how you're assuming I'm a 50s men's hairstyle expert. I mean, I assume you know things. I don't know. I do feel like I'm not freaked out by that. And then his was just messy because he was supposed up. to look wacky. But his hair is always stringy and in his face well, that's in true. all the movies. <laughs> that's his thing that he does. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> anyone listening they're like but who would you fuck in this movie is it the least fuckable person yes (laughs) i actually never i wrote that i did not going back to your bribe thing this is the first time i ever noticed that doc is actually bribing the cop when he says you have papers for this you have a permit for this and doc's like of course i do of course i have a permit my wallet (laughs) i i here's another convention that i really hate i hate when movies shows whatever have people read aloud the letter that they're writing or have just written so that it can be like read into the record of the movie or something i'm gonna narrate i'm sitting here by when was the last time you wrote a letter can't read (laughs) 
<laughs> well, okay, but figure out a way to do that without having the main characters sit alone by themselves and read. The- when was the last time anyone you know I ever? I read everything you do I not. write out loud. Bull- I spell it out. Bullshit. I bite my tongue real hard when I think about spelling the word. No, I don't do that. No one in the history I of ever. I mean, I talk to myself a ton, but you're right. I don't think I do Nobody read Like, you write your emails and then yeah. you're like, let me write read this email to the ether. I, so I'm in case I'm secretly on a movie right. set right now. I'm being, well, now I'm going to. Right. Just in case you might be on a, you might be a fictional character. So you have to right. read Right. How will the people know? Right. I'm going to take it out of your ass. <laughs> yeah, like a whipping. What? Right? That's a whip. That's what? like a, I'm going to whip your ass. That's not how you say it. <laughs> Well, also Biff messes up the idioms in this movie quite Make a lot. Make like a tree like he, and get out of here. That right. was a. Um, that was that's that a running was, gag for him too. But that was a um an improv line of his. Oh really? Because it turned yeah. like second and third movie. He even talked to him like in the third movie. Somebody says like you're stupid and you say the wrong things. I forget what oh, it is. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he he improved that line. Um, also, yikes, back to the casual racism. They Spook. call spooks. Spooks, yeah. Yikes. I wrote um, that. Can I tell you how sheltered and privileged and white I am that I did not know that that was a racial slur um, until, like, last year. I was, oh. like, 36 years old. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. That's gross. I, I, felt, I felt, like, terrible for not... <laughs> Well, okay, let's talk about what I think is the worst part of the entire series. Oh, I feel like I know what you're going to say. Let's hear it. So it's the part where all of a sudden this white kid is responsible yep. for, yep. S- like, jump-starting. Yep! Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry is not responsible for that anymore. It's Marty McFly, who, this white kid from the Burbs, who... But it, that's also some Patronus, Harry Potter Patronus logic, because right, because he, he learned it. Because he heard right. it. I agree. I think that's gross. I think that's and that's a little bit why I said Mary Sue, because like he can fucking that's do that. True. He can do that's this. True. He can like, and that's what made me think it. But I do think it's terrible. I think it's the erasure of black people, and I think it's yeah. awful. Yeah, it does mar an otherwise extremely enjoyable jaunt for me. So yes. like, I did think that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, and then he like goes hog wild and does his like who impression, right. and then he's like. I guess you guys aren't ready for that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a... Who uh, is singing? What? Who is singing? Who, yeah. <laughs> Not Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Do you think... You should find that. That would be a fun fact. Did he sing? Did they... Like, was that him? I don't There's no so. auto-tune, right, in the 80s? Right, um, right. There's a reference in this movie that I really hope you caught, and it's coming up. It's like the next thing as he goes... As Marty travels back to his own time... One of the it first... was dubbed by Mark Campbell. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Sure, Fox right. ass guitarist Paul Hansen to teach him precise sequence of chords, so it was appear that it would play, but he he it was not him. And that is literally Google will fill that in for you, so it is oft Googled. <laughs> <laughs> no wait, you got so here's you okay, okay. really the reference. There's a reference that's on screen. It's printed on screen. Oh, Beth didn't catch it. There's fucking California raisins in this movie. Oh! They they paid for sponsorship in the film. Really? And they, their, their big idea was to have a bowl of raisins on the table at the Enchantment Under the Sea No, dance. oh my God. And Zemeckis was like, motherfuckers, that looks like a bowl of dirt. Yeah. We ain't doing it. <laughs> it's like it. rabbit poop. Yeah, so we're going to put a sign up, and then they were dissatisfied, and they refunded them the money. Oh, my gosh. So there you go. So this is the real story, everyone. I know, like, 800 more fun facts than what I tell you, because I feel like it's too much time, but then sometimes I get to say it, and I'm real glad I got to tell you that one. So she's just going to let that guy steal her away because he tries to dance with her? What the (laughs) fuck, chick? That that redhead kid who's in, like, a whole bunch of teen movies? that fucking goober? Like fuck that guy yeah and so now their relationship but then it was like oh i get it like now their relationship is based on him standing up for himself instead of her feeling mm-hmm. sorry for him and blah 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 she was really drunk though huh like so <laughs> he thinks there's so? that i don't know christopher lloyd is a living cartoon he is like, a living cartoon yeah the aged the aged people are a little ridiculous i think in the back and then like the man the sis is just so crazy yeah Biff is waxing the car. Is like, it her hair? Do you think her hair is just like a triangle? 
It's 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 not like a, it's the shoulder pads plus the hair shape. Yeah. It's just it was just an and she and you know she's just like not she's only in like two scenes and she's like sitting at the table. In the scene, <laughs> right, so right. perhaps if you got to see her up and moving around, she would look different. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I like it. This movie ends like six times. Like you keep thinking it's gonna end and then it doesn't end. And, um, yeah, but you have to get to the point where he said, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Right, right, right. That's the most important part, obviously. Yeah. And then it flies away, and he fed it like a banana peel and some coffee grounds. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fusion. Yeah, I love that. So that was all cute, but here's what I also read was that, you know, so they make the girl get in the car. Mm-hmm. And then they knock her out immediately in the mm-hmm. second movie because mm-hmm. it wasn't really their intention when they made that for there to be a sequel that started that way. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so they were like, it was just kind of a joke because like we, we just wanted to have it be like a gag at the end that he's going to be just doing this all the time. And they fly off and he, they said, if we really meant for it to be a sequel, we wouldn't have put her in the car. Right. Like, and then they didn't, they didn't want her there. So they immediately knocked her out. Oh, so that's interesting. I, Jennifer is weird. Was that, has that actress been in other things that I so would know? Cause she, she like, I don't know if she was in other things, but the reason that she wasn't in the sequels was that her mom was sick and she uh. couldn't contractually, like agree for some for whatever reason and so they replaced her with elizabeth shoe hmm. which is also funny because she was did original screen tests with eric stoltz when eric stoltz uh. was the <laughs> why couldn't they have her because she because we can't have too many ovaries like why i don't know i think it's <laughs> weird that she's sort of a main character but she doesn't right. have any screen time well and i haven't seen the second one but but that's what, what do you mean you haven't seen the second one? Not recently. I haven't rewatched okay, okay. it, so I don't really Whew. remember. No, well, I've I, seen it, but a long time ago. I feel like there's a date night in your future. Oh, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> so the second one, I, I I took a few notes on the second one. And I sort of stopped again, but at the very beginning, I wrote Jennifer gets so much abuse in the series. She like shows up and she's just there to sort of be a thing that Marty wants. She's not really a character. Right. And then, oh, does that happen to women in movies? I, I, I mean, it doesn't that seem bizarre hmm. that that would happen. So hmm, that's never happened. But Bechdel it gets test. hold on, it gets um. worse. <laughs> but it gets worse in the second movie because so they have her in the car at the end of the movie. They have this conversation, and it's then their children. It's their children. The, yes, their children. They're talking about, and then Doc like sprays her and she passes. He roofies her in the what car. The fuck? it was an accident no he does it on purpose why does he why doesn't he want her there because she's that that woman she starts wanting to know what she this is his whole thing he's like no she'll like change the future if she remembers and i don't know why marty is okay why does marty get to do it he's a fuck up but it it gets worse because they they put her to sleep with this special sleeping drug yikes they land in an alley they he doc explains the whole plot to this point in, 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 and tells Marty what to do to hopefully right. Marty has to go take the place of his son and talk to Griff who is like Biff's grandson and has to essentially say no to doing this heist of some kind okay and Doc is gonna go put Marty to sleep with this drug sure. the, or not Marty Marty's son maybe Marty yeah so that he doesn't show up at the same time okay right okay. so he puts Marty in the right clothes and sends him on his way into this 80s cafe. Doc leaves. Meanwhile, Jennifer, who they put to sleep, they put her on some stuff in an alley. They lay her in the alley and they leave oh, her. Oh, shit. And Marty goes, is she going to be okay? And Doc's like, oh, it's only going to be for a few minutes. So they leave her passed out in an alley. Okay. Doc takes the car and, and drives off. Why the wouldn't they just take him? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why they don't leave her in the car. But Doc drives right. off to go. He's going to go do his thing. Right. Meanwhile, you only follow Marty for this whole sequence. Marty goes into the cafe. He has a whole thing. And then baby Marty comes. So Doc failed, did, but then right. just did, doesn't show up. And he shows up later. And guess what? When they go back to get Jennifer, two cops have found her. And they are like thinking that she's passed out on some drugs. And they take her, they do like a thumbprint scan and it of course shows up that her house is what her house is in the future when she's old. So they take her there and they put her in the house and leave her in the house. And then when she wakes up, there's this whole thing where they're dancing around the house with trying not to be seen by other people. And 
her future self comes in and herself sees herself, okay? Yeah. And they both pass out from the shock, which is another thing that sort of keeps happening. Like, people pass out from the shock of, like, seeing themselves or hearing about the future in certain ways. I feel like if I saw myself, I would be just very distracted with what I look like. Yeah. So they both pass out. At which point... I don't think I'd pass out. (laughs) They take Jennifer and they dump her on her future... On, like, her own home's porch. They just put her on... What the fuck? And leave her there. And she's there for the whole movie. She shouldn't marry him. She's there for the whole movie. The end of the movie is Marty... Because he's changed the future back to the right way. And so he... That goes back and she's still sleeping on the porch. He like goes and wakes her up with a kiss or whatever because she's still Gross. sleeping on the porch of Gross. this house, which was like, it's, it's, she's there for the whole movie. And it takes, I was like watching the movie for a super long time where I was like, are they even going to think about, they haven't said anything. It takes Marty a super right. long time to be like, hey, doc, what about Jennifer? We just sort of left her on the porch back there. Like, super weird. Yeah, so there you go. When, when, you, when you watch this, you can uh, see what you yeah, think yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all crazy. Hey, Paul, does this go in your nerd can? Yeah, that's 100% it goes in my nerd can. 152%. All, so, so there's so many problems with this movie that I feel like if you pick it apart, it's it just collapses. If you sit down and right. do what we just did, everything collapses. There's so many plot holes, things that but don't work. it's like work. an extremely enjoyable house of cards. It is. It, <laughs> yes, that is. That should be the bad synopsis of the movie. An extremely enjoyable house of cards. That's perfect. <laughs> like, that is such a it's perfect. It's very charming. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Does it go in your nerd canon then? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I really enjoyed it. And I always thought fondly of it, and I still do, and I was looking forward to turning it back on. So, yeah. I think the key is to not think about it too hard. If you think about it too hard. That's the key to a lot of things. That is the key Um, to a lot of things. (laughs) That could be said of many things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So, thanks for listening, everybody. One more shameless plug, guys. If you are... Feeling generous, uh, check out our Patreon. Right after this, we are going to record our very first special bonus episode for our patrons, and I'm super excited about it. We're going to start doing our um, live viewing parties, watch parties. Is that what the cool kids say? We're going to do watch parties soon, and it's going to be a real blasty. So if you're interested in that and supporting our nerdy community and hanging out with us doing some live streaming watches, um, we are at... Scheduled communal viewing time, I think is what we're Communal viewing time. (laughs) Uh, Patreon.com slash nerdcanon. Give us a... Do you want to tell people what the what the bonus... I just said it. I just... You didn't say what it was. Oh, what the first bonus I don't know if that's a secret. Is that a secret? I don't think it's a secret. Part of the thing about the bonus episodes is $5 and above donors get a bonus episode every month. So one whole extra one. And it is not necessarily going to be something within our normal time frame. So we watched the brand new Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark film um, because we really enjoyed reading the Scary Stories books and talking about them for our previous episode. So that's what we watched and that's what we're going to talk about in our first bonus episode. And what did we decide on for our first live watch, Paul? The Burbs? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to do The Burbs as our first live watch. So That's great. Um, that's going to be sometime in October. So if you're, um, well, I don't know, when is this airing? <laughs> if, if you go back in time. If you go back to the future! <laughs> no, but we're going to do a lot of fun stuff. And, you know, if you sign up at any point, then presumably you'll get the previous bonus episodes, yeah. too. So. This is airing in November, so, oh, you so know. Oh, so never mind. But yeah. Um, but there'll be a new one and then we're going to have all sorts of fun stuff. You can get a, you can get a button, you can get all sorts of different swag. So consider supporting us. Um, that would be great. Uh, anywho, thanks for listening. Thanks to Joe Costanza for writing our theme song. Um, on the day we're recording, it's Joe Costanza's birthday. So happy birthday, hey, Joe. happy birthday. And thanks for the tunes. Yeah, thanks for the tunes. If you want more nerdy goodness, find us online. We're at Nerd Cannon on the tweets. We are Nerd Cannon Podcast on Instagram. Um, if you have con- comments or suggestions for topics, you can email us at nerdcanonpodcast at gmail.com. We will see you in two weeks with Home Alone. Home Alone. And until next time, keep the nerd alive. Keep the nerd alive.